Hey, what's up, church family? Good morning. It's an exciting day, Life Group Sunday. It's a big day for us. Um, I think it's a really important step in hearing and following Jesus. I believe in it personally. I know from just my own experience growing up in church, um, you can go to church but not necessarily have great relationships with other followers of Jesus. I remember for my family, uh, my family did a lot of things great, and I appreciate a lot of things my parents did. But one of the interesting things to me growing up is we would always go to church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, just good Christian, you know, family. But what was interesting is we would always be 15 minutes late to Bible class. We also went to Bible class too, went to Bible class, then big church. And uh, so we were 15 minutes late to Bible class, and we'd come in and we'd hear people talk about the Bible. And then we'd go into big church, and we really didn't sit next to certain people. We just kind of had our spot, and we came in right to our spot, and then we got into church. And then we heard a guy like me, which is hilarious to think about now, get up and say stuff and talk more about the Bible. And then as soon as church was over, got our Bible, and we were headed out the door. Like, that was it, right? Like, we were gone. We were, seriously, we, it was a race to the parking lot, and we were out of there. And we did pretty much that Bible class, church Sunday morning, church Sunday night, church Wednesday night. We were never in a group. We were never in what we would call life groups here. Different churches call them different things. It doesn't matter what you call them. But the point is we were never really opening ourselves up relationally to other followers of Jesus. And so I had my church friends. And then I had my real friends. Not, not your head. If you've ever, you ever thought that way before? Like, well, they're my church friends. Some of you have a confused look on your face and others of you are laughing. It's really interesting. But th that's what I thought. I thought, well, I wouldn't really hang out with these people except for church. You know, like I don't really like these people except for church, if we're being honest. And then I went to college. And so at this point, my faith is pretty shallow. I mean, I'm a follower of Jesus. But I got involved in a campus ministry. And this was one of the most pivotal decisions of my life. Because what, what that did for me is it actually, in some ways, kind of forced me or facilitated for me being with other Christians all the time. We had a campus ministry house. And so we'd hang out, we'd play pool together, or we'd hang out in the library, or we'd get food together, or we'd go throw the football. And it was those relationships, and not just hanging out, but sharing about what God was doing in my life, sharing about the struggles that I was facing, the sins that I was trying to overcome. It was relationships that really catapulted me in my journey of faith. So I believe in this personally. On the flip side, I've seen what it's like in terms of the consequences. I have seen what it's like when people are isolated, what it does to their marriage, what it does to relationship with their kids, what it does for generations in a family. There's consequences when we even just go into church. Yes, just going to church, but then isolating ourselves from real Christian community. There can be consequences. And so I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want you to hear me say this. I'm not saying the only way to do this is a life group, okay? So I'll just be honest right up front. You don't have to be in a life group in order to have those kinds of relationships. But it's just the primary way that we do it here, okay? We think it's a helpful way 
to do it. So you can, you can do it other ways. Some of you, maybe you're a part of other groups, Bible study fellowship, or maybe even other churches in town where you're a part of a small group there. So I understand, look, you might not be in a life group here. That's okay. But if you're not in relationships with other believers where you're opening your life up together, that's not good. That's not a neutral thing. It can't have consequences. And so the question I think that, you know, if, if you're already in a group, then you're like, okay, well, I'm in a life group, Preston, this is awesome. Well, maybe this will give you some reasons that you can share with someone else. Maybe you need to invite someone to your group. But for those of you who aren't in a life group currently, you're not in any group of consistent Christian community, the question that you're probably asking is this, why should I join a life group? Right? Isn't that the one question, like, why should I do this? Because if we're being honest, you're probably thinking, dude, I'm so busy. I already don't have time for, like, my health and my marriage and my kids. Like, I'm already so busy, right? It's northern Virginia. I've only been here for a little while, but I, I get it. Okay? I hear you guys talk about it. I experience it a little bit. I'm busy. Or maybe you think, well, I had a really bad group experience in the past. Maybe, maybe you did have a bad experience. And that's real. That's legit. But maybe it's hard for you to move on from that. And then others of you, maybe you just, you're lazy. You don't have a good reason. Maybe you're just like, hey, I don't want to go. Like, I, I go to church. That's good enough. I put some money in the plate every once in a while. And I'm a Christian. You might even think, do I have to? Maybe that's the question you ask is, do I really have to be in a group to be a Christian? And I would say that that's just a bad question. Why would you ever say, what's the least I could do to follow Jesus and still get in heaven? Is that really the question you would ask? No, it's a terrible question. So that's the question, why should I get in life groups? So uh, we're going to look at a couple of passages of scripture and talk about this today. So the, the, first, the first point, if you're taking notes, why should you join a life group is this. It's love. Love. So there's a time when Jesus was uh, tr being tricked by some Pharisees, and an expert in the law came up to him, Matthew 22, verse 36, and he asked this question. He said, teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. That's what our Lord Jesus said. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend, or another translation would say, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So this guy puts Jesus on the spot. He says, Jesus, out of all the 613 commandments from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the law, and Jesus even extends it, all the law and the prophets, pretty much all the Old Testament. If you were to boil it down, what is the most important commandment? Think about how complicated we make things, right? And Jesus has crystal clear, simple but hard truth. He says, love God. That is the single most important thing that you can do and love people. That is the second. All 613 commandments, you can hang them. You can put them in the buckets of those two things. They depend on those two things. So why should you join a life group? Because if you are a follower of Jesus, if the most important thing you can do is love God, then don't you think it would be helpful to be in a group of people who love God? And not just on Sunday, this is great and this is important for loving God, but even loving God through times of prayer and worship and Bible reading throughout the week. 
Maybe even that group accountability where you get on a plan together and say, hey, we're going to read the Bible daily as a group and come together and share what God's been teaching us. That, that accountability is going to help you love God more. And then loving people. It's hard to love one another when it's just you. When there ain't nobody else, who are you going to love? It's hard to do the 59 one another's in the scriptures or however many there are. It's hard to encourage one another and uh, carry one another's burdens. It's hard to spur one, on, one another on to love and good deeds. It's hard to do that if it's just you on your own. So you should join a life group because you can receive love. Yes, you're wired to, to need love, to receive love. You can be loved by people, and it will give you an opportunity to love the people in your group. Interesting statistics. So the University of Kansas did a study on relationships, and so there's four different levels of relationships that they talked about. And they said that, to, I'll just tell you the four, and then I want to ask you a question. I need y'all's help to answer this. So you've got acquaintances, casual friends, friends, and best friends. Okay? So from casual acquaintance to best friend. So just yell out a number, just guess. How many hours spent together do you think it would take to go from an acquaintance with somebody, somebody's an acquaintance, to they're a casual friend of yours. Just yell it out. How many hours? A thousand, twenty, one, five hundred. They said it takes about 50 hours. Now think about this. If that's true, if you come in on a Sunday and you came every Sunday for the year, which you won't, and that's okay. I, I don't either. If you came just to this hour, You'd have 52 hours roughly in the year, but you won't. So let's just say roughly 50. But we don't interact like that with each other in here, do we? We don't talk a lot in here, maybe a little bit before, a little bit after. It would take all year of Sunday morning, and you still wouldn't get from acquaintance to a casual friend. It's impossible if that's true. 50 hours. Now from casual friend to friend. Again, yell it out. How many hours do you think? Casual friend to friend. How many hours? 48. 48. 120. 27. They said it takes about 90 hours. Think about that. 90 hours to go from casual friend to friend. So if you come together every Sunday, hang out a little bit, maybe even get lunch after or something, and you're in a group once a week, you, you might could get there, maybe, but probably not. And then finally, from friend to best friend, how many hours do you think it takes? 200, 250, over 220 hours. Over 220 hours. Think about that. If you've ever felt like, man, I keep going to this church, but I just don't feel like I've got any friends. What's it going to take? It's going to take you spending a lot of time with people, quality time with people. Having conversation, listening, interacting with people. And when I've talked with group leaders, it's really cool to hear some of the stories of our life groups loving each other. Things from getting meal trains when people have had a baby or visiting people in the hospital when they've had a surgery or getting toilet paper for people during COVID. That's like <laughs> ultimate love right there, especially early on. Um, counseling one another. There's just all these examples when I ask the leaders, hey, how does your group love each other that they were just able to list off? 
Why do you need to get in a life group? To receive love and to give love, to be able to love God more and to love one another more. So second reason, why should you join a life group? Love, encouragement, encouragement. So there's a passage in Hebrews with a Hebrew author. He starts off by talking about Israel and how they heard the voice of God. Like we're doing, we're trying to hear and follow. Well, it's possible to hear and to harden your heart. The Israelites left Egypt and, oh, they had faith. They were going to trust God and there they go across the Red Sea and they're going along. And they come up to the promised land and they lacked faith. They lacked faith. And so here's what he says after sharing about them. He says this in Hebrews 3, verse 12 to Christians. Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage each other daily while it's still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. For we have become participants in Christ if... We hold firmly until the end the reality we had at the start. The Hebrew writer says it's possible to start well and not finish well. It's possible to trust God and it looks like, oh, everything's going great. Israel, we're marching along. And yet when you get right up to the promised land and you send the spies out and they say, oh, we can't do it. There's giants and there's no way. And they say, yeah, they're wandering in the wilderness and the whole generation dies out. And he uses that example and says, look, I don't want this to happen to you, followers of Jesus. And so what is the solution to help us not only start well, but to finish well? What's the solution he gives? Encourage each other daily. Daily. Encourage each other. In other words, it's going to take relationships with other followers of Jesus in which they're giving you courage. They're giving you, they're imparting to you courage in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of suffering. They're able to come alongside you and say, you can get through this. God is good. He's sovereign. He's working it all together for your good. You're going to become more like Jesus through this. Ultimately, even death doesn't have the final say. We need people to encourage us to lift our spirits, to exhort us, to challenge us. That's what we need so that we're not hardened by sin's deception. If you've ever thought, man, I just keep giving in to sin. I just keep getting my butt kicked by sin. No matter how hard I try, I just keep falling back into the same pride and anger and selfishness and pornography, whatever it is, whatever it is for you. Do you have people encouraging you daily? Do you have a group of people that can come around you and they give you the courage to continue in faith to the end? I want us to finish. I want everybody in here to finish well, to finish in faith. We need each other to do that. And so I know, like even in our life group this semester, there's been these moments where people have said, I don't know if I have faith to, to keep working the job I have because it's such a burden. It's crushing me right now. There's been people who said, I'm really struggling because we're trying to have kids, and that's a struggle for us. There have been people who have had health issues, and, and they've shared these things, and we've been able to listen to them and, and get up together and lay our hands on them and pray for them in faith 
And it's been powerful. And I've talked to other group leaders who have said the same thing. They said, you know what, we were doing a Bible study together and someone shared that they were in this crisis and we put the study aside and we just rallied around that person. We encouraged them, we supported them. We need people to do that. A sermon and some singing some songs, that ain't going to be enough. We need love in these groups. We need to be encouraged in our life groups. And here's the, the third point. Why should you join a life group? Impact. Impact. So I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Jesus was the original life group leader. Jesus was the first guy to have a life group. Obviously, I'm kind of joking, but he had 12 dudes that he shared life with. Not even just that he went to a weekly event with or a meeting with. He shared life with these guys, right? So check this out, Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. He didn't just have a time of worship. He didn't just have a time of encouraging one another. Look what Jesus did with his life group. I think he knows how to lead a group pretty well. Summoning the 12, he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He said, take nothing for the road, he told them. No staff, no traveling bag, no bread, no money, and don't take an extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. If they do not welcome you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and traveled from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing everywhere. There wasn't just a time of worshiping God and loving each other and speaking encouraging words to one another. Although all that matters, Jesus sent his group out to show and tell that the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God had broken into the world. To declare and to demonstrate the gospel. That's what he did with his group. And so why should you join a life group? Because, well, this is just my personal experience. It's kind of hard to get out there and go impact people on my own. I've, I've done initiative evangelism. I've, you know, I've gone out on my own and talked to people on the street. And, and that's gone well sometimes. But the reality is if I got a brother and we got two of us at least and we're going out together and we're going to serve people, we're going to talk with people and have spiritual conversations, I can do that with another person a lot easier. And so some of you, if, you're, if you find yourself frustrated, you're like, man, they keep talking about making disciples. They keep talking about sharing our faith with people and having spiritual conversations. I struggle to do that. Let me ask you this. Have you ever done it in community? Have you ever gone out as a group? Have you ever prayer walked for your neighborhood before? I know for myself, there's been times when I've been in groups when I was doing college ministry, and we would just go walk out as a group. We'd get together and say, hey, we're going to do a prayer walk, and if we have opportunities to speak with people, we're going to do it. Sometimes it would go well. Sometimes it would stink, but we would have good conversations, and on one occasion, I got to baptize somebody out of just random conversations that we had with people. And so I say that to just say we need each other in order, honestly, it kind of goes back to the courage thing. We need each other to just have the boldness and the confidence because it's hard. It's scary on our own. Love, encouragement, and impact. And I know there's groups that are doing this. And I think this is honestly, though, the one that we can grow in most. I think we as groups, we need to identify, and I'm talking about my group as well, 
how can we impact our communities? Is it going to a local food pantry and serving? Is it going to a third place in town, maybe a coffee shop or some sort of like hangout spot, maybe a, a brewery or whatever, and just meeting people, having conversations with people. What can we do to impact our community? So those are a couple of reasons. Obviously, there's, there's many more, but love, encouragement, impact, those are all really important biblical reasons why we need one another. We need relationships. So now, I just want to make it simple. I want to invite you to join a group to join a group today. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about our different groups so that you can know what your options are. Uh, and maybe right now you're not ready to commit at this very moment. Maybe you as a couple need to talk about it or, you know, whatever, and that, that's cool too. We're, we're going to continue to have sign-ups for the next couple of Sundays in the month of January. But here's a couple of, of just here's information about groups. So the first one, men's group. Travis Ludvigson leads this group. Uh, every other Tuesday, 8 p.m. on Zoom. So men, the men's ministry stuff, that's awesome. Last night we had dinner at Giuseppe's. That was great. Good time eating, hanging out. But if you're not in a group, get into Travis's group. Second, women's group, we got Mary Gilbert. Uh, they meet Tuesday, 7 p.m., both Zoom and or in Bristow. So they do online and in-person stuff. Uh, again, get in this women's group. This is a powerful group. I love uh, Mary texted me a couple of examples from her group and they're doing awesome stuff so um, that's Mary's group the next group I'm super pumped about this group this is the Smiths group now they had a, they've had a group but what they're doing is they're they're kind of focusing more in a specific way in terms of discipling people in their group to helping parents disciple their kids so that's something we've been talking about over the last couple of months and we've you know, I've been trying to ask God, hey, what do we need to do to help the next generation have faith? And so one way we're experimenting with that is they're going to do a life group, and it's going to be specifically geared to helping parents with young kids disciple their kids. So if you have young kids and you're like, we don't know what we're doing, I think that's what, how everybody feels, that's okay, but that is the group for you. Super excited. Thursdays, 8 p.m. on Zoom. Next up, we got the seniors group, Cynthia leads this group. They meet Wednesdays, 6 p.m. at Wegmans. I've been to this group a couple of times uh, when I first got here, and I've gotten to hang out with a, some of their, their members several times. Um, in terms of caring for one another, praying with one another, supporting one another at that stage of life, this is a great group. So if seniors, I think it's like 55 and older, but whatever, get in that group. It's a good group. Next up, these are more just like everybody, any, any type of people, not really a specific group. This is uh, me and Meg's group. We meet Thursday, 7 p.m. at the Hennings house. Um, I'm biased. I love our group. It's a lot of good people. Um, so, yep, that's us. The next is the Steplers group. They meet every other Monday, 7.30 on Zoom. Uh, once again, obviously, like the Steplers are just incredible people. You see them leading worship up here. They, they just do this because um, that, that's just their heart. And, again, I love the people in that group. So great group of people there. And now, last one, I'm super excited about this. So uh, Marisa and Gabby have started a new group. Can we celebrate that? Can we celebrate? We got a new group. <laughs> new groups matter because they reach new people. They're able to help connect with new people. And so um, me and Carrie and Stephanie, we've been praying the last three weeks or so for more leaders, more groups and more people to get into groups. And God answered a prayer. He answered and gave us two new leaders 
and he gave us one new group. And last time I checked, when I was talking with Stephanie about this, I think that we had at least 30 personal invites and 10 of you have said who are not in groups that you're really considering joining. And obviously today hasn't happened, so I think there's going to be more people. Um, I kind of want to brag on you all a little bit. I, I, I don't know... I don't know how much y'all know about yourselves and how much you know in comparison to other churches, so I kind of like bragging on y'all with stuff like this. But I don't know the hard numbers, but let's just say we've got 150 people in a month that are in this these services, something like that. I don't know. So for a lot of churches, if you have 50% of people in groups, that's actually pretty good, which is a sad statement on what it means to be a part of the body of Jesus. Um, as you could imagine, but we have 98 people currently in groups. That's really good. Yeah, we can celebrate that. That's Praise God, because that's a God thing. Let's thank God for that. But what I'm praying for and what Stephanie and Karen and I have been praying for is a faith goal of 120 people or more in groups. Why? So we can say we had more people in groups? No, so that our marriages can be blessed so that people can grow in faith, so people can become more like Jesus, so we can make a greater impact. I could go on and on. I actually believe this will help you in your faith. That's why I want more people in groups. It's going to bless you. So we're praying that 120 or more people will join. And so this, this group right here is an answer to prayer. I'm really excited, and I'm excited for, in the future, more leaders and more groups to rise up as well. So grab the green card that's on the chair, maybe that you sat on. Grab a pen, and I'm gonna, we're just going to walk through this real quick. Meg, can you play some pretty music? So Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. If you were on the fence, this is going to tug at your heartstrings, really make you get into a group. All right, so just go ahead and fill out your name and your email. Please try to be as legible as possible so we can actually input the information. Um, and so you can see on the card the different groups there, the groups that are more specific to a certain demographic of people are on the left. The groups that are just more wide open are on the right. If you don't know Maybe you're pretty new and you're like, I really don't know the leaders. I don't know which group would be good. Just check the box, help me find a group, and we'll contact you and we'll help you get into a group. And I, I kind of just, I just thought of this earlier as I was uh, talking about this looks different ways. Uh, if, you're, if you're not in a New Life Life group, that's totally cool. But I would actually really like it if you could just write like other and check it underneath help me find a group. Because I just want to know, like, that would encourage me. Because when I know, hey, you're in a group of some sort, I'm going to be like, all right, hey, I'm, that's great. I'm excited about that. So check one of those boxes. We're going to have a couple people walk around and collect those. So I'm going to give you all just a little bit longer. If you need help, check help, find a group. If you want to tell us that you're in another group of some sort, that would really encourage me as well. Whenever you finish, we got some top-notch volunteers coming around. The best of the best. Leaders in training, just drop those cards in the baskets for them. Thank you guys for doing that.
So there's actually one more reason, and uh, it's kind of compelling uh, why you should join a life group. And I, I don't think it's uh, heavy-handed. I think it's actually very biblical. If you're still on the fence about it, you're wondering why should I join a life group, the single most important reason that you should be in a life group is because Jesus gave his life so that you could experience life in his body. Being a part of church on Sunday is a vital part of that. But living out the one another's of scripture is also a part of that. And it requires time together. When you read the book of Acts, they were with each other in the temple courts and from house to house. They met daily with each other. They prayed daily. They had a time of prayer daily. Like they were just with each other. They loved one another. They didn't just share the gospel with each other. They shared their very lives together. And Jesus was crucified on a cross, a real historical event, a moment in time where he died to take upon the sins of the world on himself and ultimately so that you and I could be a part of his body. This is body life. This is the relationships we're made for. So if you're not a Christian today, um, I just want to encourage you. You heard Sean uh, got baptized last week, and that was really cool. Um, maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you've never said, you know what? I, I need Jesus to save me. I'm a broken person. I want to have identity. I want to know who I am, that I'm a child of God. I want to belong to a family, and I want to have purpose in this life. I want to do th something that matters and impacts people. Whatever it is for you this morning, if you're not a follower of Jesus, today can be the day. Put your faith in Jesus. Trust him. Stop being king in your own life and just say, Lord, would you take control of my life? If that's you as a first step of obedience to trust and follow him, we'd love to baptize you. We pull out the little trough, dump some water in there. We'd love to dunk you to symbolize the old you's dead and the new you is alive because the spirit of Jesus is alive in you. So if that's you, we'd love to baptize you today. And if you're a follower of Jesus um, already, we're gonna celebrate that Jesus gave his life on the cross. Go ahead and grab that communion cup if you got it with you. If you don't, there's a table in the back. You can get up and go grab one now. Every Sunday, we're committed to this moment where we pause and we center ourselves on the cross. Jesus, the Son of God, left heaven and came to earth and ultimately died on a cross. His body was broken. His blood was shed because he loves you. He wants you to come back into relationship with the Father, to be reconciled to him. So eat the bread, drink the juice, enjoy Jesus right now in this moment. Just experience the Holy Spirit among us. Thank Jesus, praise him, worship him in the quietness of your own heart. And if you need to take a second and just ask Holy Spirit, what in me needs to change? Is there sin in my life? Is there thought patterns? Is there a lack of faith that needs to change in me? Expose that, show that to me and help me walk in paths of righteousness. So go ahead and worship and ask the Holy Spirit to expose those things.